Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth and Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. He is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. We are the general managers of the Braves, at least on the internet and in our own right. And some of the names that we've thrown. <laughs> exactly. We, we get to wear that hat right now. So, uh, uh, by the way, if you have some names that you would like, drop them in the comments. We would greatly appreciate that. We may address some of those. Uh, we've been talking about left field. We've been talking about pitching. Uh, let me go ahead and start with pitching as one name that has stood out to me is Sonny Gray. And you said that this is somebody that uh, you like. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about him in order to say I'm going to be a big proponent of him like I have in previous players that we've discussed. However, he is a hot name that is out there that the Braves may have an opportunity to grab. Yeah. Okay. So Sonny Gray is about to turn 34, uh, leaving the Twins. Uh, the kind of projections are three to four year deal somewhere around 20 to 25 or so million dollars, which folks who listen to our show's order this week or who have read any of my stuff at bravetoday.com, this whole offseason kind of revolves around what does Charlie Morton decide to do, and his option is $20 million. Mm. Uh, and so uh, being able to know that you could bring on a Sonny Gray for three or four years, have him locked in that rotation spot, again, with the fact that you're probably going to lose Max Freed after the year. Yeah. And then he's from Tennessee, played his college ball at Vanderbilt. So he's from Braves country. And we've talked so much about, it feels like more than anything in this generation of the Braves, the core competency of this team is finding guys who grew up in Braves country and getting them to come to Atlanta, sometimes for a discount and signing long-term deals. And so, I mean, he, and he's also said money's not the ultimate factor for me. He wants to join a team that can win. He wants a good environment. He wants to be close to home. And so it feels like Atlanta has a good chance. Now, there are some concerns, right? Uh, it was something where his 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 actual ERA was in the 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 high twos. His expected ERA was in the mid threes. So mm-hmm. he was a little bit lucky this year. Where does his performance regress? But even if he were declined to something like a three seven five ERA, he's still a solid number three, number four type of arm. Um, I think the bigger concern with Sonny Gray would be injury. He's made 30 starts twice in the last nine full seasons, so not counting 2020. Uh, This season, he threw 184 innings. It's the most he's thrown since 2015. Hmm. Uh, And he added a sweeper. The sweeper was really, really good, but batters hit like 250 or better against all of his other pitches, right? So you have a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a question there about the viability and some of the peripherals. But if you could get him at like, say, three years, $18 million a year, Mm. even if Morton comes back, that gives you a really solid one through four. Uh, Bryce Elder's your number five. That's a very well-qualified number five. And then when Max Freed leaves, you know, and Morton ostensibly retires, you still have a good core for 25 of Strider and Gray, adding in some of the youngsters off the farm, another year or two of improvement with a Schuster and a Dodd. Uh, Elder, obviously, A.J. Smith-Shaver, Hurston Waldrop should be up. You have enough pieces to build in there. So I think that the combination of him being from the South uh, and some of what he's able to do, the fact that he's been able to go and adjust his pitch mix to be successful as he gets into his 30s is promising, but I think there's a little bit more injury risk there, there than there is with a guy like Morton. 
I think a lot of guys too, especially uh, from the from the pitching style of things, or and from a, a pitching aspect, Lindsay, they look at this lineup, and we've talked about this in the past. How this lineup is basically constructed to be there for the next three or four years, and they may be sitting there going, you know, it's I don't think it's a fluke. This lineup was fairly strong. Instead of me having my best stuff and having to keep an ERA of two one or two two, I can get on up there and I can be around a three three one three three type guy and still be very successful on the mound yeah. because I've got guys that are going to put up five, six runs a game for me. That, that on, That's a huge difference. Yeah. On that note, like nothing against him. He's a great kid. Jared Schuster started 11 games for Atlanta. He had a 5-8-1 ERA and See? he won more games than he lost. Like See? he had four wins and three losses because Atlanta gave him like six runs of support in every game he pitched. So having like you you have extra runway on a as a pitcher when you have an offense like that behind you we heard these Braves pitchers say that all season now obviously it's different in the postseason you can't be giving up tons of runs but um it's like you said it is easier as a pitcher to be behind a offense like the Braves have even if you have to swap out left field and I even go back to even recency bias the postseason mm -hmm. Really, the Phillies only had one big game with a ton of runs. Everything else was very doable. The Braves just didn't hit the ball. No. So the bats went silent in the postseason. So as far as the regular season goes, they're going to get them to that line. Now, the one concerning thing is when you look at Sonny Gray, and this, again, recency bias, his most recent start versus the Astros, he gave up eight hits and five runs, and four of which were earned, a couple of home runs and only four innings of, of pitch ball. But prior to that, he looked really good at the end of the season. I mean, everything was well below three dating back to around mid to late August where it was just three. He had a 315 ERA versus the pirates who mm -hmm. again kind of played that role that the A's, they, for some reason got up and played everybody that was at the top of the league whenever they played them and played them very well. So you got to throw that stat out. Yeah, it's, and we, we kind of, I, I touched on it earlier, but Sonny Gray has been one of those pitchers that's been willing to kind of adjust and reinvent himself as he goes on. His 2023 99th percentile run value on both breaking pitches and fastballs, despite his fastball only being 93, because he understood where to throw it. He had really good location. Uh, Osby pitch wasn't great. Again, that sweeper was one of the best sweepers in all of baseball from a run mm -hmm. prevention standpoint. Um, but he throws six pitches. Like he's one yeah. of those guys that is just willing to do whatever it takes to get somebody out. He'll have a game where he goes sweeper heavy. He'll have a game where he goes, you know, cutter change heavy and is just working laterally on you. He'll have a game where he's throwing a bunch of curveballs down and, you know, he'll do whatever it takes to win. And so I like that. For me, really, it's just a health thing. It's a, is he going to be healthy enough uh, to, to consistently give you what you need over the length of time of this contract? And Atlanta pitchers, for the most part, caveat here, for the most part, have not had lingering, repetitive injuries. They've had a lot of fluky stuff. Freed had the blister. He's had all his whole career. Yeah. You know, he had a forearm issue. Uh, you know, or they've had Tommy John, but they've not had recurring injuries of the same type. So I feel like Atlanta's been okay with keeping their pitchers healthy as far as a controlling what you can control perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think they'll be okay. A lot of Atlanta's pitcher injuries, I know somebody on YouTube screaming right now, 
A lot of Atlanta's pitcher injuries have been fluky stuff, a sprained index finger. Like that's not a that's not a systemic issue with the way you train. Right. That's a fluky thing. So I trust Atlanta's uh, athletic coaching staff to keep them healthy. And and so I like the idea of adding Sonny Gray and I'd be happy if the Braves did it. Yeah, come on, come on back home, come to the south, come to the southeast, get out of Minnesota. Get you some Chick-fil-A, uh, buddy, come on. Get, exactly, get you Waffle House. Chick-fil-A and, and get you, and see, that's the thing, is you can take less money because now you got Chick-fil-A and Waffle House that you can eat from. It's so much cheaper than going to, yeah, than going to <laughs> Tim Hortons, come on. Cost of living is so much different down in Atlanta than it is up in Minnesota. Keep that in mind. So, uh, and it, you- <laughs> it doesn't snow here. No, exactly. <laughs> it's all brought to you by Active Wealth Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book today. Tell Ford we all said hello. Is It's the best part. Ford wants to give each and every one of you that free gift of a book, Annuity360. All you got to do is go to annuity360.net. By the way, Ford's registered investment advisor, Brookstone Capital Management, manages a remarkable $8.5 billion in assets. That's the kind of stability that you want in your financial journey. Active Wealth Management, conveniently located with offices in Alpharetta, as well as Cartersville, Kennesaw, Midtown. Also, a new headquarters off Exit 12 in Georgia 400. Let them know that we at Braves today sent you in that direction and tell Ford we said hello by going to annuity360.net. So we've done the pitching again. This time, I'm going to throw a name out there, and you tell me because you said there could be uh, maybe somebody that comes with him. And that would be Randy Arozarena and Arozarena, excuse me. Have to put the the um, the tilde over the top of it. And uh, exactly. but you said that there could possibly be another Ray involved in that. Okay, yeah. So in essence, what's going on here for Tampa Bay is they have a twenty-five million dollar contract out there, the year two of the contract for Tyler Glasnow, and so the expectation is that either they're going to have to trade him or they're going to have to trade other arbitration eligible guys to find the money to keep him. The thought process is they're not going to be able to keep to keep everybody. And so I think you have a, the ability to either trade for Tyler Glasnow at $25 million on a one-year deal to stabilize your rotation and make a run, or you can go out and you can get a guy like a Randy Rosarena from mm-hmm. them to play your left field. And so it, it's hard for me to separate these two guys. I have to kind of keep them together because it feels like if you have a shot at one, you don't have a shot at the other, right? Because they're going to keep one, they're going to trade the other. Um, and obviously you can't, Randy's not going to make nearly as much money no. as like, he's not gonna make $25 million. There'll be multiple options there. But the point is they're going to have to, they, there's no way they can keep everybody. And so when you look at Randy Rosarina, I like the idea of going out and making a deal for him. You have a surplus of pitching in your farm system. That is what Tampa Bay needs. Tampa Bay is very a very good organization at developing position player talent. They have a ton of position players. They always have a 40-man roster crunch every year. They always struggle to find places to get these guys into games. But, and you've seen this firsthand too, by the way. Those yes, of you wondering, yes. Lindsay has called games for the Ray affiliate in Montgomery yeah. uh, and the Biscuits, and he has seen some of the talent that not has just played in front of him. They've been called up and made it to the next level. Yeah, I I called a week of games in Montgomery right before the season ended in Double A, and so like I called a week of Junior Caminero's games, and then two weeks later he was in the bigs. He went straight to the majors playing for Tampa Bay. So like I've seen these guys firsthand, and. Uh, Tampa Bay has a, a surplus of outfielders. And so the common thought process is Randy Rosarina 
would be a guy, first-time All-Star this year, was Rookie of the Year in 2021. Mm. But uh, what I like is if you go out and get Randy Rosarena, one, you've got three years of control. His estimated arbitration salary in 2024 is $9 million. Well, that's what you're going to pay Eddie Rosario. So if it's down to Eddie Rosario or Randy Rosarena, what I like is here's what a Rosarena did this year, okay? 254, 364, 425, 23 home runs, 22 stolen bases. But when you look at his career, like, or sorry, his splits against righties and against lefties, against righties, he batted 254 with a 364 on base percentage. Against lefties, he batted 254 with a 362 on base. And so you can kind of eliminate the need to have a, platoon in left field Correct. if you go out and get Randy Rosarena. So it's $9 million for Eddie Rosario. You have to find the other side of that platoon versus $9 million for Randy Rosarena plus the prospect capital required to get him. But you don't have to find a, a platoon mate for him that can start 50 games a season mm. because you have a guy that can hit both lefties and righties. He hits for more power against lefties, which fits right in with Atlanta's lineup. So this feels like a, if you spend more money on a guy like a Sonny Gray or Jordan Montgomery or something like somebody we've talked about this week, that this is a very good lower cost option to fill left field without having to spend a ton of money and not having to pay into the luxury tax for a second straight year. It, it he also he's another one. I've said this he's before. He's a dog. <clears throat> he is a dog. He is a dog and he doesn't mind letting you know it. Plus, he's a type guy I think that would flourish in a clubhouse like Atlanta. I just for some reason he kind of fits that mold of fitting in with the Arcias and the Ozzies and the Acuñas and even the Michael Harris the seconds. Like he just seems like one of those guys that would be a great teammate with guys like that. He's young. He's cool. He's from Latin America. He's from Cuba. Mm-hmm. So he fits in well with the Latin American players. He fits in well with the young players, which, you know, like like a Michael Harris. To me, it almost checks every single box, right? I think the only thing that would give me a little bit of pause is... He, this is two straight years, and this is weird, actually. Two straight years, he struck out exactly 156 times. Right. Um, and he struck out 170 in 2021 in less games. He's got a little bit better at that. But uh, it's it's you've got a little bit of that younger player mental lapses from time to time. He led the league in caught stealing in 21 and 22. He had t- 10 caught stealings in 21 and 12 in 22. Uh, you had some higher strikeout numbers. It's gotten better but it's something where you'd think this Braves off like this Braves clubhouse would maybe help him a little bit with some of those rough edges, sand some of those down, while he would also bring a little bit of an edge to that Braves lineup that doesn't really have it. He'd have been chirping at Harper from left field yes. if Harper was staring down Orlando Arcia. And I didn't realize exactly how much I wanted Randy Rosarena on the Braves until you asked me five minutes ago. And now that's the only thing I can think about is Randy Rosarena in left field for the Braves. He he seems like a guy, and to me, it would be a steal to get somebody like that. And the reason being, he seems like a guy that's like, think about somebody's best AAA player that is out there that they just can't seem to find a spot for. 
and Atlanta would be able to get that guy and put him in mm-hmm. an everyday rotation. I know he's already in an everyday rotation. I'm just saying he's kind of in that realm of, like you said, they got a ton of outfielders already. It seems like he would just be a better fit. Now, we could be completely off base, and who knows? I mean, if, they, if they're even you know strongly considering that or not. But yeah. if you could get two, if you could get him at that dollar amount, and I nothing is Eddie. I love Eddie. I love that Eddie's a Diamondback killer. He didn't get an opportunity to play against him this year at the in the postseason. So Eddie hates he, snakes. It, exactly. So he couldn't prove it to me even more. But if you're talking about the same amount of money, I like this guy better than Eddie as far as an everyday player is concerned. Yeah, I mean, $9 million for a guy that can do what a Rosarina can do against both lefties and righties from a power perspective, from a, uh, from, from a running perspective, from a defensive perspective. He's not a bad defender either. Uh, Tampa Bay does not really have bad defenders on their team. That's just not a thing that they do. Right. Uh, this is absolutely something where, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. And again, the only question I necessarily have is, can you make this happen? Um, I think that this is something, what I like about this, and this is something I think that it's a little bit more inside baseball, but what Tampa Bay does a lot, again, I mentioned earlier, they have a 40-man roster crunch. Most uh, most MLB teams, when they're having to figure out who to protect from the Rule 5 draft, which are guys that have been either, they were signed before the age of 18, mm-hmm. and they've been in the major, or, and they've been in your system for five years, or guys who were signed after age 18, so college draftees, and they've been in your system for four years, you have to either add them to your 40-man roster, or they can get taken by another organization. That's how we got Alan Winans. Yep. Um... Most MLB teams, those guys are in AAA when they have to make the decision, do we add him to the 40-man roster or do we lose him? In Tampa, they're almost always in AA because Atlanta has such a depth of prospects. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's good about this is you could make the deal for a Rosarena with some younger pitching prospects Mm -hmm. and not have to give up your top pitching prospects, you no know AJ Smith-Shaver, no Hurston Waldrip, no Drew Hackenberg. These guys aren't going. You don't, probably don't have to give up Vaughn Grissom because they have a lot of infield prospects. You're probably giving up two promising young pitchers. It may hurt because you may be giving up a J.R. Ritchie or an Owen Murphy, but you're giving up a young pitching prospect and probably one other piece that weren't on your 40-man roster and won't have to be for, for Tampa Bay for three or four years to get three years of Randy Rosarina and Alex Anthopoulos' devil magic that gets guys to sign long-term yep. deals. So, I mean, again, I, I said this earlier, I didn't realize how much I, rented, I wanted Randy Rosarina on the Braves until you asked me. I, this, I, I want nothing more than this. Let's not Golly. let's not get too excited because AA may, may may let us down. I, I know you're there. You mentioned pitching a lot just a minute ago. Let me throw one on you before we get out of here. Josh yeah. Hader is that a guy that Atlanta could grab for middle to late relief? He seems to be a guy that numbers are still good, even he's getting up there in age. But I just don't know if Atlanta's willing to pull the trigger on a guy like that or not. So money wise, I think they could like financially, but then you lose the ability financially to address left field or starting pitching. I, I kind of okay. mentioned you have the money to do, to spend significant sums at two of those three. Uh, and and the projected contract for him from a lot of places is between 17 and $20 million. Uh, but Atlanta's in a situation where you're losing potentially five different relievers who were in your bullpen at the end of the season. Joe Jimenez, Pierce Johnson, Kirby Yates, Brad Hand, 
uh, Colin McHugh. You're losing all five of those guys. And so, and then AJ Minter is in his final year of team control. Yeah. So you can sign, uh, yes, you can sign Josh Hader, but then you have to surround him with a bunch of minimum salary guys. Mm. And I think it's a better use of Atlanta's money to go out and get an everyday left fielder or a number three starter and then go sign three or four different relievers to smaller deals, you know, $5 million here for a, you know, for, for this guy or seven, you know, 6 million for that or 4 million for that guy and do three or four of those than it is to get one Josh Hader because he doesn't pitch multiple innings anymore. No. And I mean, he's going Although to be been effective this past year. He was very effective. This oh past yeah. Year. Yeah. He's very good. But if you like, if you're, if your starter gets knocked out after five and you've got three good relievers, yeah. somebody has to go multiple innings or else you're going to have to use a guy who's not very good. And I would rather have three good relievers than one great reliever because Will Smith showed us this in 2021. You never know what a guy is going to do when he yep. has to be great. Will Smith did not allow an earned run in 11 games in the postseason in 2021. And he was a good reliever entering the postseason. So give me three good relievers over one great. Hater, financially, you could do it, but it's not the best use of resources. I will say, since he's just going to one inning most times, maybe one and a third, maybe one and two thirds, but he's definitely not going over two innings. I don't know why he doesn't make that transition to make some money and become a closer for somebody. I mean, I I think whoever signs him has the expectation he's going to be your closer. Like, he's, mm -hmm. he, he's going to be the guy, and you're probably not going to bring him in unless it's the ninth inning, unless it's a safe situation. Like, that just, it feels like that's going to be, uh, that's going to be his usage going forward. Now that he's not doing multiple innings anymore, there's no reason yep. to bring him in to cover the seventh and the eighth. You'll just wait till the ninth, bring him in in the ninth. He's got the hair. He's got the flow. I just think that there's something there, the dog part of it, that we keep looking for. We're going to get us one, man. I'm so excited about the offseason. I don't care if the guy absolutely sucks. I just want somebody that is willing when Bryce Harper rounds second base and stares at Arcia to sprint in either from the bullpen or left field and just wallop you around the set before he ever makes it to third. There you uh, go. Th that is the one thing that I I'm pushing for. I, I need to thank Ford as he is uh, he's been gracious to us and be sure to go to Active Wealth Management, go to annuity360.net for your free book. He's such a good dude as uh, we see him from time to time and and you can get the free book like we have the free book. And then especially if you are in that realm of early retirees to retirees, they'd be more than happy to help you. Make sure to go to annuity360.net today for more information. He's Lindsey Crosby, I'm Ben Taylor. Y'all, it is the off season. We are all general managers, including you. Drop those comments underneath the pod. We'd be more than happy to see some names that you guys like to throw out there. These are just the ones that Lindsay and I think would be great fits. However, AA may think different. Lindsay, as always, thank you, sir. Thanks, buddy.